Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. And today our topic is parenting. And in order to talk about parenting, we're actually just going to play for you a recording of a recent live Q&A that we just did, what, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, in Thrive or Marriage Ministry. So these are real questions that were coming at us in real time, uh, and we didn't know what they were ahead of time. And hopefully you will find these questions and the answers helpful. Yeah. And I think it's true for you if you're a listener that you maybe aren't you don't have kids yet, but you're thinking about having kids, or if you have a you know baby or a one-year-old, a five-year-old, whatever, that it would be good to listen to these questions now because you can prepare and pray and talk about how you want to parent, what some of your goals are, and glean some of the wisdom from this Q&A and what God's Word says about how to parent well in this generation. That's right. All right. Well, enjoy. Enjoy. We got, we got hands. Okay. Go ahead. Thanks for talking about letting your children struggle to figure something out. But question, where do you draw the line of letting them struggle slash I think this is turning into a temper tantrum and disrespect. We're having some trouble with our child learning to read, trying to separate out okay, you can struggle, that's okay, versus temper tantrum. And we're just having a hard time with that. I just talked a lot, so I want to give you an opportunity to talk. Do you get an answer for that? I don't know. I, I probably err on the side of, oh, I want to help you. So I will often, I mean, that's for sure, between the two of us, I will for sure ask my husband a lot of times I'll be like, okay, this happened today. I gave in too quick, I think, right? You know, they're struggling. I wanted to help. I just said the word or he'll witness it. So I use my husband a lot because I know myself and I know I, my tendency is to rescue or help or fix. So I actually ask him to analyze my, me, what he sees and how I approach something. And then that's a really good conversation because he does so lovingly. But I mean, sometimes now, because we've talked about it so much and you're, you know, your husband might not even be there. So it might be later when he's home later that night, right? That's a lot of times I'll be like, this happened. But if he's around, I'll look at him. And it's like, we already have talked about this so many times. It's like the eyes. He'll be like, don't don't do it, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to help. No, you got it, you know? And so it's, it's like knowing, you know, if you're maybe more like me, I think that's one thing. I think the second part of it, the temper tantrum to me sounds like a self-control issue that I'd want to talk with and you might see it in so many other areas. You know, I want you to struggle through reading and fighting through it and helping and working at it even you know I don't want to rescue I mean this is gonna be good for you and talking about why you're allowing him to but then like but then there's a self-control issue coming out and you just because you feel something or you want to scream or yell or hit the floor or you know I've I have one of my kids who'll scratch the carpet (laughs) and I'm like you you can't like a dog you can't do that like that's a lack of self-control just because you feel the anger and whatever. So it's coming out in this area. It likely is an issue of, of not being able to control the anger. You know, and he's probably a little guy. So, if, you know, we're not surprised by that. But I'd want to address that issue separately and look for it in other areas and discipline for the self-control. 
but I still want the struggle of trying to solve your problems or figuring it out. Or when you're done trying to figure it out and you don't know it, ask for help then and show me what you've tried to do. Well, how did you try? I say a lot, how did you solve your problem? And if they look at me, I, I'm here asking you, I'm like, I'll see you later. Go, you know, go back, go try to solve it and come back. And if you've tried these three things, you can't get it. Well, I'm not mean, I'm gonna help you. But so I don't know, to me, that's kind of the two, is that a lot? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's great. I, I, um, we've had a lot of conversation through our years where I just tell Bethany, you're too nice. You know? But it means that I'm too, I give in too much, too easily. But, but I'm too helpful, you, you, you know? You do, yeah. It's yeah. because you love them, you want to help them, and it's like you have to not be nice in that, in that case. But I, I think it's important with this specific question to draw a distinction between allowing them to persist in a sinful activity versus allowing them to struggle in a non-sinful activity. So, for example, um, struggling with a suitcase, uh, I, I should have let him take a full lap around the thing. Um, I, I could let that struggle persist for, for days. Um, there are some struggles that it's good you know, you didn't find your shoes, go look again. There's nothing sinful there, but if they're expressing or venting anger, expressing self-control, I want to shut that down. I don't want to enable them to continue doing that. So for me, I don't want to enable them to persist in a struggle if it's a s- venting a sinful uh, heart issue. I want to try to shut that down quickly. Send them to their room, give them space, yeah. give a consequence. Yeah, good question. We got one over here. All right. So my question is, uh, as soon as we ask our children to do anything, limbs don't work, bodies flop to the floor. (laughs) Yes. It's instantaneous. I am so tired I can't even pick my body up. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah. But uh, what, how would you go about, you know, or how do you, how do you guys... Um, do chores in your household, I guess. Yeah. One, one of ours has to go to the bathroom immediately. Like, it's time to clean. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, I you tell don't. them no. No, you don't. Come back. They're like, no, I really have to. I'm like, no. Even if you show me the, the pee-pee dance, you, you cannot go right now. You have to clean first. It's just... Yeah. Or, You're a little manipulator. They're or kidding. just a different manifestation of that is like, you have to eat the vegetable that we put on your plate. My stomach hurts. Uh, yeah. No, I don't care. Eat it. I'm full. So I think full. that I think that ugly um, thing manifests itself in a, in a few different ways with our kids, and so. Um, so how do we do chores? So, oh, so how do we do chores? Yeah. Um, so this is where it would be easier for us to just do it ourselves or to to give in um, and you know let them off the hook it's way more work for them to vacuum or sweep the floor than it is for me to sweep the floor. I can do it in 30 seconds. It takes them like 10 minutes and usually someone cries, you know. (laughs) Sorry. So it's making, trying to hit these goals, you're signing up for more work. It's gonna be more work for your kids to do chores. Um, And so for us, we do dishes with them, which takes a lot longer than doing 
by us by themselves. Um, or we facilitate. We facilitate. That's my answer. Until they're Yeah, go ahead. Until they're ready to do it on their own. So it's like we tried to start with things. And honestly, what I did is because I like lists. I love lists. Um, I looked up, you know, when the kids were young, what could a three-year-old do? You know, three, they have these lists. And it's like, these are chores that a three-year-old could do. So we would talk about it. We'd, we wouldn't pick ne- all of them necessarily, but we need to make them start doing this. And then, okay, five to seven. Now they can, and I, I like the list. It's like, I don't want to set too high of expectations on them. So, but you should be able to do this at your, you know, age level and, and building from that. And, and I can say now the 10-year-old after starting by three does a lot of the things just quickly, does them well, uh, sometimes goes above and beyond, you know, because it's been a pattern. So I've tried different things because I like lists, like a chart with the stars and the whatnot. I've tried a day, like on Monday, you're going to do these things. But I, I, our life is not that, um, our life is too busy for the chart. And what if we don't do the Monday? I'm a type A. It's like, oh my goodness, we didn't do Monday's chores that we have to do on Tuesday, you know. And so that would stress me out. So I didn't like that either. We just have identified chores around the house that they need to be able to do and can do. And now they do them regularly. And there's an expectation that at any given moment, I can give you a chore. And this is how you should respond. And if you respond poorly, you get an additional chore. Oh, good. You get to go wipe down the bathroom. I'll be like, here. It's like, if you're going to want, you know, so there's not, we don't have a set way, but there's a lot of good ways out there on the internet or whatever. It's just that we have the expectation you're going to work. And we say that in our household a lot. You're going to work in this household because there's, we want to teach you how to work. We're going to work and we're going to do, you're going to clean up their stuff. Yeah, I'm folding, you know, my sister's laundry. It's like, I know I fold your laundry. I fold his laundry. I fold everyone's laundry, you know, but we're going to, we're all in this and I do all the laundry. (laughs) Hey, I dry, I did dry that one load. You did. You did. Oh, you do so many things. It's just laundry isn't like one of the things. It's not. I full disclosure. But so I, I don't know it that there's a set one way. It's just the expectation that you do need to work, that we work in our household. And if you respond poorly to the chores then you, will have, you can have additional ones. Yeah. And there's another thing um, that I didn't get, have time to say that was in my notes, <clears throat> that like in the English language, it takes us as many as uh, 17 times of saying a word to learn the word. And I think often when we approach like goals like these with our kids, it's like for me, if I taught them once, it's like, we had, a, we had a sit down and I taught you that thing. I don't think once is enough. It's going to take a lot of repetition, hitting that same nail on the head again and again and again. If it takes us 17 times of using a word to learn the word, how much more to learn a skill? How much more to form character? We're talking about a lot of repetition, a lot of consistency throughout their childhood. And so with things like chores, you know, as uh, physical and seemingly non-spiritual as that is, um, I, I think we're going to have to teach our kids how to sweep more than once. 
It'd be nice. We just told them, and it's like, all right, here's how, here's how you do it, and they learn. We're going to have to walk them through that multiple times until they learn it. So it, part of doing chores well is equipping them with the tools and the abilities and the responsibility to do the job. And that's going to take a lot of consistency, a lot of time, until they finally can do it on their own. I just want to add one more thing, too. Sometimes we do like a, like a thing of the week. We like to do like a thing of the week. Mark's maybe talked in our podcast about spiritual, like we'll put the verse up and that will be the focus of the week. We've done that a lot with like chores, where it's like, that's what we're focusing on this week. I maybe am not really doing much else. I mean, I, you know, you're parenting all the time, but that is my goal. If I can teach them how to approach a chore, how to do a chore, I'm like, I'm teaching them all how to clean their rooms well this week. That's a focus. We're going to do it every day. We're going to pick it up. We're all going to work together. I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to encourage. And by the end of the week, everyone knows how to clean their room. It doesn't mean I'm never going to come back to it. But I find for myself, if I can focus on like one thing for all of them to do as, in their levels as best as they can, and then that's helpful too. So then it's like, I feel like everyone knows how to do that now. Let's go on. Yeah. So Let's talk a little more about that because um, I think that's... Um, what was I going to say about that? I was going to say, I was gonna say something about that. It was good. But, <laughs> I'm sure it was. Um, I just presented, I don't know how many goals are total on the list that I gave you. There's just a lot. What I suggested at the end was like pick one per week. And for the rest of the summer, you only have 10 more weeks before your kids go back to school. <laughs> so pick 10 things. And maybe there's 50 on my list, pick 10 things and do one per week or maybe double up and do two per week. But if you make chores the focus of the week or you call it hard work, the focus of the week, by the end of the week, you will have made some good progress on that. And then the next week, go on to something else that's important. And that's one way to just start chipping away at this giant task of equipping them with all of these goals. Yeah. It's good. Okay, question. <clears throat> okay, so this week during a um, nighttime devotional with my eight-year-old, we were going through um, God's promise to Noah with the rainbow, saying that he'll never flood the earth again. And so in light of every corporate logo turning rainbow over this past right. week on every major platform, um, like for the first time I had an honest conversation with him, I said, do you know what homosexuality is? Mm -hmm. And so it led to a good discussion. He'd never heard of it before. You know, it was not a super in-depth conversation, but I'm curious in light of, you know, our world and the culture that we live in, shifting so much to acceptance of things like that, how, how would you recommend approaching it with, you know, an age-appropriate response to our children and bringing these types of topics up so that we're doing it in a thoughtful and biblical way? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so I think maybe one place to start is to help our kids. This hits one of our other goals. Help our kids see that the Bible is a source of authority. The Bible is the truth. So we can look to what the Bible says about things that are happening in the world around us. So I think that's a great thing that happened we read this in the Bible. It's true what's happening in the world around us. Um, and helping our kids to see that 
the reason maybe mom and dad think that homosexuality is wrong is not because we hate homosexuals, but because we believe that the Bible is the truth, and the Bible says that it's wrong. So if I were to have a conversation with someone out on the street tonight, that's probably the first place that I would go. And just so just thinking about the fundamentals of a conversation, it's nothing personal that I have against you. I, I don't have a, a problem with you, but I believe what the Bible says. So I'm not making this up. If the Bible said something else, I would believe that. Uh, I have come to believe that God has spoken in his word, and so I cling to that. And there's a constant, unchanging thing for me. So I want to help my kids to see the Bible has answers. This is God's word. And um, in talking to other people about it or thinking about this, it's not what I think. It's not my opinion, but it's my opinion shaped by what the Bible says. I think another thing is the bookstore does have these books that are leveled and for males and females. And they talk through like, it's basically, basically a sexuality and it kind of talks through all of that. It's like three to five, you know. So those are like a way to present what the Bible says about it before you're even in those conversations and then you can refer back to them. A lot of times in our, for me, it's like it just comes up because our kids are in public school. So somebody will say something and we have a full in-depth conversation. The little ones, it's probably going over their heads a bit, but my older two, I mean, they're all in it. And it's like, well, what does the Bible say about that? And then I ask them what they think the Bible says. What have they heard? What have we read? What have we studied? And then we just, we kind of just go off of those conversations. So it's like there's, we've done the books that kind of walk through it and talk and, you know, but then we also, as the conversations come up, we'll want to lead them to back to what God's word says. Uh, and both have been really good. Yeah, and on this subject, I think it is important for us to start the conversation if it doesn't come up naturally by, hey, right. someone in my class said this, we need to have the conversation with our kids yeah. um, before they start hearing other people talk about it at school uh, in regards to sex, uh, in regards to homosexuality, and... Male and female, all of that conversation, yeah. Yeah, so, you know what is the age when you should have that conversation? It probably depends on your kid and their maturity level and, and where they're at. But probably before, before you think uh, you should, you need to have that conversation. Um, you know, maybe uh, at, what, at what grade do they really start talking about these things or what age? It's hard to say, but if you have an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old and you haven't talked about sex with them, I think it's time, right? Yeah, I do too. And there's a good book, Teaching Your Kids About Sex, actually, by um, McDowell and McDowell. Mm -hmm. the, the dad and the son. Yeah. Yeah, in there too. And that has like a Q&A form of parents asking questions about how to teach your kids and then they answer it. So that's a, I've looked through that before. Isn't it called Straight Talk With Your Kids? Yes, Straight about Talk sex? With Your Kids About Sex, yeah. And they, they actually say, at what age do you start talking to your kids? They say, that's not... I, even asking it the right way, th there was no age. They always have talked about sex with their kids, even from when they were infants. So that, that's, that's what they say. They're, it's just like it's a part of, it's not like a, we never talk about this in our home kind right. of thing. They do talk about it 
And so it wasn't a big, like, sit-down conversation when they did go to talk to their kids about it. Right. But I'm saying if you haven't, then you should have a sit-down with them. Yeah.